Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Chris Jin, it's nice to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. Drew, thank you for the opportunity. It's great to be here with you. All right. You know, there, you know, there are some people in our lives who we've known forever, and we just you don't click as much, like really know them. And then you meet people like once or twice, and it could be a conversation. And, and I feel like I've known you for so long. So it's kind of cool just from Agreed. our first right, conversation. Right, right back at you. Yep. Yeah. So I like to get right into this because I know that where people are right now, life is not linear. Hmm. So, so I always love to learn the journey on how people got to where they are because we usually find out some defining moments or something that happened in their life that they finally said, wait a second, life can be better. And then you, you're going down a different road. So tell me, I, I want to know a little about you and yeah. as far back as you'd like to go in your life, tell me where you started or where you remember or what you, you know, the essence of Christian. Yeah, well, the essence of me was being, uh, uh, even though I'm, I'm, I'm told by folks that um, self-deprecation is not the best thing, but um, my, my old me would say, uh, you know, slow on the uptake mm. and, um, you know, late, late bloomer. I got it. Uh, did not like school. Right. In any way, shape or form. Right. Uh, especially high school. It was a, a college prep town that I right. live in and, and just didn't see. Uh, the point with it, you know, really not realizing how much antisocial behavior I was experiencing. I see that now, but okay. but didn't, didn't then. Um, but when I remember being 18 years old after uh, getting out of high school and uh, going to college and dropping out, a sense of there's a lot that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? There's got to be so much more to life and existence and the purpose of it. Right. I wasn't a religious person at all. I wasn't uh, growing up uh, that way. Um, uh, wasn't exposed to it at all, but yet didn't lean into it at all. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I had uh, my first son, um, my wife Deborah and I. Uh, our son's going to be 30 years old next right. month. So okay. 30 years ago, <laughs> thank you. And I'll be. A, I'm going to be a grandfather. Uh, oh my gosh! July, absolutely. I'm very, That's very beautiful. excited about that. Found out yesterday it's going to be a, a granddaughter. All right. Oh, yeah. I love that. All right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I had uh, a belief at the time when I was in my, my, my 20s and ever most of my life, there is no God. Things don't happen for a reason. Right. And medical intervention, I don't know why this was part of the three rules that I had. The third rule is medical intervention is is attempting to play God. And since there is no God, it's not to be used. Mm. And so the universe or God, however you want to call how you want to refer to it, gave me uh, in spades an experience where it, it allowed those three uh, beliefs to shift in a moment faster than I can say the word moment. Wow. Uh, because my son was born full term, mm. but my wife had a, an infection or amniotic fluid and he couldn't take in oxygen and he had to be airlifted from Albany, New York to Pittsburgh. And we, the family calls it a place called Pittsburgh because it's like an alternate reality that we experienced right. where the miracles were left and right. right when I was open to it. And in, in the moment, in an instant, it was, there is a God. Oh my God, there is a purpose for everything that goes on. Right. I just don't understand what it is. And medical intervention is not does not do the healing. 
Right. It's a physical mechanism it's true. that we see the healing, um, you know, the, the power of the healing is the power that grows your fingernails, right. is digesting the breakfast that we had, yeah. uh, you know, beating our heart, the whole, the whole nine yards. That, that's a, that's a, you know, a, a spiritual or cosmic intelligence that does that. And so right. that's what does the healing. Um, so that was a major shift for me, but I then ironically, again, didn't become a spiritual or religious practicing person right. uh, until I was 54. Um, uh, the half the, the glass was half empty mm-hmm. for uh, a, a period a significant period of, of my life and right. the the um getting on the other side of the fence it's not good here it's better somewhere else was a constant theme for me okay um and uh but it, it, that all shifted uh thankfully when uh, god of the universe decided to make me unemployable after two positions were eliminated hmm. right before covid first in 2018 i'm sitting talking to you right now drew right. in the home that i closed on unemployed wow what, a, what a freaking out so if i used a, a national you know, a, a national financial institution for mortgage they would have confirmed employment that would have been turned out to be not the case and right. that transaction would not have happened absolutely I used the local credit union and i was already in the cusp of the middle of understanding you know knowing that 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 uh, financial situation was fine. Right. Um, so I had to go through my own. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you ever read The Obstacle is the Way. I have not. Um, it's just a, a book about stoicism. Okay. Uh, and I didn't complete the book, but you know the overall um, message in it is you have to go through what you need to go through. You can't go. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You, you can't run away from it. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You can't yeah. go over. It. You've got yeah. to go, go through it. it. Yeah. And so I went through my valley. Uh, of the shadow of death, if you will, because right. I, I define, I was what I did. I was being the provider for the family. Right. And then that was taken o- away from me. Um, uh, but ironically, when it was happening, I was stoic about it. I was like, okay, this is out of my control. Um, but it was the aftermath of it and attempting to get back on my feet. Right. Where the universe was like, you're not listening. You're not meant to be an employee anymore. Your side business you have needs to become your full-time focus. Interesting. And the um, that's the irony is this, you know, left and right around. I couldn't understand, Drew. Why am I so, so focused and motivated to want to learn about leadership and betterment mm-hmm. and organizational improvement? I'm not a manager of people. Yes, I have influence the best I can, obviously, over myself and my decisions and how I make myself better in Mm-hmm. Uh, as an employee and those I can influence around me, but never someone that became a vice president that had hundreds of people underneath me. That wasn't something that I could comprehend and see value in wanting to do or right. think that I had the capacity to do. Um, but uh, now in my, in my, my real, the real business, if you will, that yeah. I have today, being a coach and consultant, yeah. I realized after I got my first real client from scratch, every client I had before that was people from who's known me and I've known them for years. So it was right. quite a, a pivotal moment for me back in August of last year, 2022, right. that my first quote unquote real client um, uh, dropped out of the sky, if, uh, if you will. And it was the realization then, oh my goodness, I've been a student of betterment and this idea of entrepreneurship, acting like an, a business owner in my role as my job, not right. the job. It's right. bigger than that. Right. Um, so, uh, the idea of betterment and entrepreneurship has been a theme. I didn't realize. I looked back over the 30-year career and said, right. that's it. I did it when I was at the nonprofit with um, st- you know, building something that didn't exist, a computer network. did it at the IT consultancy with uh, instituting project management and betterment for clients, to, you know, the client outcome. Right. And Time Warner Cable reducing 
the amount of time it took for a fiber optic circuit to be built by 25%. Mm -hmm. So theme after theme after theme is how do I get better? How do the people around me get better? How do we do better for the stakeholder we're here to serve? Well, this is a, all right. So I've got so much to, to tap on. Let's, we'll do that rewind. And we talk about when your wife is pregnant with your first son. I remember when you told me that story for the first time, Mm. didn't you make a recommendation to your wife? What? not to do and there was potential guilt oh my god so i'm not sure if anyone if your listeners uh, know what the bradley method is right so let's go back to my belief system right no god no medical intervention i was um a hardcore environmentalist it was all about nature for me yeah and so looking back i can say i forced the bradley method down my wife's throat okay and who the heck am I? And what is the Bradley method for the people who don't Bradley know? Bradley method is a is natural childbirth that um, would encourage you to not even be in a hospital and just have a midwife at your home. We were in a hospital and we did hire a coach right. or actually Bradley method. Uh, Bradley coach was a, a, a birth coach for, uh, for my wife, more for me, obviously, than for my wife. Right. Um, and no drugs. Completely natural. Right. Drew, who the hell am I? Right even talk about that yet influence the love of my life that that's how she's going to take and then deal with the most you know painful right. experience in bringing a child into the into the world now i'm convinced if our, if our child didn't make it my wife would have blamed me right. rightfully so absolutely and i'd have a different story to tell you today and she and she she allowed you to influence her because she made that decision she agreed with you and went right. through right. with it right wow right. yeah i, I get uh, go, thank god your son was born healthy and everything because I can imagine the mm-hmm. what you would the pressure you would have put on your shoulders and the guilt. Uh, and and it would have been it would have been squarely uh, placed correctly, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, that that was a learning, uh, definitely a learning moment for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, move into the the job loss. Well, I want to I want to go into. I know you went from one. Uh, sector into nonprofit. So tell me about the non the, the the non the, the the sector you were in prior to nonprofit and how you transitioned to nonprofit either by accident or on purpose. I liked that story when you told me. Yeah. So are you speaking about my my, my current um, uh, company? I think it was from when you were the, you went. Did you go from IT to nonprofit? How did that work? From the oh, beginning? um, well, there was a time when a cable sales engineer, obviously a for profit, you know, multi billion dollar company. Right. Yeah. That position was eliminated and I activated my network. Right. Uh, very grateful for the opportunity to become a director, assistant director of IT for a nonprofit uh, That's what kindergarten through 12 organization. Yep. It's called BOCES. It stands for the Board of Cooperative Educational Services. It's a okay. part of the state education system. Right. Why to, uh, to allow efficiencies and economies of scale for school districts for services. Okay. So okay. Um, that, it definitely is a, a nonprofit. That was um, the best I worked for the, to that point, the best person I've ever worked for. Wow. Uh, Dale was his name. Uh, he had such a sense of and desire and expectation for excellence. Right. Of self and others mm-hmm. while being so human at the same time. Wow. This, he, he was more than willing to, to offer his uh, frailties and his imperfections right. to anyone that would want to listen to him, right? Um, which to me models that it's okay that you're not perfect. It's okay mm-hmm. to make a mistake. And it's very Covey, uh, Stephen Covey, right? Seven habits of highly effective people. It's part of the, uh, you know, part of his uh, personal uh, habits. 
is taking responsibility, the right. ability to respond mm-hmm. um, and, and, and owning right. when you're, uh, you miss the mark. Right. Um, and don't you know, hold yourself to an, to account, you know, don't, don't debilitate yourself um, right. from fear and moving forward, but take, take ownership, ownership for it with some, with an, an integrity. So I saw that model. I saw mm-hmm. that model with many of the leaders that I was around, not every leader mm-hmm. um, that I, that I work for, but it was, it was on steroids with, with, um, with Dale. Well, that's great. I mean, you think about when Time Warner eliminated your position at that point, uh, that rejection, you probably weren't able to see that something else good was coming down because if they didn't eliminate that position, you weren't going to be able to work for the nonprofit and, and learn all that that's stuff. That's correct. I did a happy dance when that happened. You did? I okay. From home. I did a happy dance because, yeah. um, as I mentioned, uh, most of my leaders, uh, I learned so much for the the last person that I worked for. Again, think, and here's things happening for a reason. Right. It was oil and water with this gentleman. He, okay. uh, I, I worked for almost 15 years um, at that company and I had a new boss every two years on average. Mm-hmm. I only had two different roles in that organization, but I had seven different wow. bosses. That's terrible. And I was, and I was very, uh, very stressed out with each, you know, just in terms of my own, my own mindset with sure. each successive uh, boss that came on right. just the, the, the sense of imposter syndrome was was mm-hmm. palpable with me like wow. okay they're better than i am and they're gonna find me out and out the door i go wow uh, and that didn't happen until the last time right until the last time that's exactly what did happen so yeah. you know careful what you wish for exactly I was, I was wishing for that the grass well, is years greener, ago the grass is greener, the grass is greener yeah. Yeah. and you know god or the universe doesn't have a timeline that fits yours right so the mm-hmm. missile i put up in the air of i need to get out of here yeah landed when it landed which is yes. not when i wanted it to land but right. it, was, it was what it was <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the beauty of throughout covid and, and past covid yeah you know not being able to be uh employed i went through seven opportunities and all of them all of them failed right i look back and you know i'm grateful for the unemployment uh that was available to me right um, but my lifestyle um, you know, it was vastly different than what it be, what it became. The fact that the home is still here, yeah. that we were able to feed ourselves yes. and I remain, you know, to, it's a greater power really that I look to in terms of how that was able to be navigatable. Unbelievable. All right. So bring me from, uh, you're at the nonprofit, you, you have this side hustle, which people, everything's telling you this should be your full-time game. Bring me from the transition from the nonprofit to where you are now. Yeah, so that position was eliminated. You, you serve at the pleasure of the president. Mm-hmm. Dale was the president, right, in terms of the, right. uh, the highest executive. Right. He left. He decided to move on. I came from the outside. It was not from education, and I knew it. I knew okay. it was coming, and it came. Um, uh, they were cordial enough to provide uh, unemployment to me, which was which was wonderful. Okay. Uh, and that, that helped me move, move forward. And uh, that hit me hard though when that happened mm. uh, because that definition of who i was and and then uh, I, I was what i did and um seven times trying to get employed uh and that having it not happened was just um uh, insult to injury if you will and I, I even decided to okay i'm gonna go to somebody who knows me i know them it's been 15 years to a position i did 20 years ago and i'll take the pay of 20 years ago mm. And they said, we'll put you through the process, but then thanks, but no thanks. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I can't even get this. Wow. And to, I, I realized, I said, if this one doesn't happen, I mean, that's, if, if that's not a message yes. that I have to, you know, f- 
open my mind about what my capacity to provide value in the marketplace is with my side company that I had since 2004. Sure. I had my foot out the door ever since I started that, mm. um, that, 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 that company. I got my MBA because I really focused on and cared about how to be better. Right. Of course, so I, got it, I got it in sustainability because I was right. really very interested in that for-profits need to act more like nonprofits. What yes. do I mean? Mm-hmm. They need to care more about mission mm-hmm. and values and people and not about making money. Right. Uh, because money is an outcome. It's not a purpose. Absolutely. And I also believe that nonprofits need to act more like for-profits. Mm-hmm. Most nonprofits, they got the mission, they got the vision, they care about their people. But at the same time, I find so many nonprofits have a chip on their shoulder and they look towards the burnout as something to be proud about. Right. And if you're not on the precipice of falling off the cliff with the amount of effort that you're giving, you're not put, you're not even putting in enough. Right. Yeah. That's Talk about the lack of sustainability. Absolutely. Right? So there's that. And the attitude that many nonprofits recoil. We're not a business. We're a nonprofit. Right. Yes, you are a business. You are a business. You have revenue. You have mm-hmm. expenses. Mm-hmm. And you uh, make a profit. You, it's what you, you do with that profit. You have more revenue than expenses <laughs> to remain. Absolutely. And there's so much value in efficiency right. and productivity. I will, I, again, another coveyism. To me, that's, that's good. What's better is effectiveness especially because right. it's people. People right. truly are the most important asset and resource. And I am uh, uh, attracted to organizations that believe that as well mm-hmm. and have a challenge in actually living it right. uh, and, so, and so giving them some support so they can truly align their belief system with actual reality in terms Absolutely. of the people being the best, yeah. right? So yeah, you said something earlier, which resonates with me. You, you said you were your profession and many, most okay. men do tie their self-worth to what they do for a living that provides for themselves and their family. Tell me how that has, where, where you are now with what you do with your own company and how you're aligned with what you do. I mean, it's a beautiful alignment to be able to be your own boss. Uh, tell me how that's what you do, it how it's working. It and uh, you know. It is. So yeah, usually I talk to my boss, he lets me take the day off. Yeah, I don't you love that? <laughs> my, so my wife, my wife asked me, and I'm like, I, I've talked to the boss. I don't know if the yeah. boss wants to take that day or not, so I'll find out. Um, and I want to go on the side tangent for a second. It's probably LinkedIn. This might resonate with uh, with you, Drew. Yeah. Um, a, a meme. If my boss talked to me the way I talk to myself, the sentence would not even be finished. I'm out the door. I quit. Yeah. I'm not working for you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the power of that statement. Now I, I would imagine not every human is that way. Yeah. We're harder it's on a, ourselves it's, than others. It's, though, a, yeah. it's a spectrum. Some folks might not have any relevance of going, I, I right. don't know. I don't have that, that challenge. I have yeah. um, many, many might have it worse than me, if you will, or, and others better than me, but I really, really resonated um, sort of with that. Um, and so, and, and that is the perennial, um, challenge right mm-hmm. my introversion right. Is, is beautiful and that i get my energy by myself or with people that are close to me right um, but that can tend to keep me not um in promotion in prospecting yeah and, very true. and, and getting the and getting the word out so that's that's a, a constant um necessity and theme this is why i have a business coach mm-hmm. it's a leadership coach and why i have a marketing coach is mm-hmm. to is to get some accountability Absolutely. in areas where there's there's weakness uh, there's weakness there um, 
And I, I said, I'll go on a tangent. And I went on that tangent and you got to remind me what the concept, what the topic. Tell is. me about your company now and what you do for the community. Uh, leadership coaching and consulting, as well as supporting technology adoption. And I, both of those fit uh, because of my background and my interest, because it, it's both of those are centered around the same a core um, structure. And that is focusing on workplace culture mm-hmm. and that the leaders be and maintain themselves as change agents because change is hard and mm-hmm. culture needs to change for actual change in an right. operation or mm-hmm. system to ever happen. Right. And lastly, uh, it's about reinforcement and it's about repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, many folks in the technology adoption world, or even in the leadership world to agree, will just look towards training as an answer. Right. We just need to do more training. Mm-hmm. I believe that's single dimensional. That's a, yes. that's a monolithic um, uh, issue that will never uh, move you forward. I've never, well, please, Drew, or anyone who's listening, I'd love to hear from you uh, in, in, in the comments. Show me a single point in time training event that's changed behavior where it's stuck. Absolutely. That usually happens. They walk away and then how do I apply it? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. how do I apply it over the long term? Absolutely. Um, so it's the answer there is continuous improvement, small increments. Mm-hmm. Now, your, your listeners aren't going to see me doing this, but I'm, I'm putting my, 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 my finger um, up to make a point in the air. And uh, up, to the, up to the left um, is another point that I'm putting. Um, where you went, so where, where you are on the on the right to where you want to go on the left, and the left is higher. Human nature is that you want to teleport from where you are to where you want to go. Right. Leadership expects instantaneous. We don't care about the details. We just need it to happen. We have the strategy. Strategy gets implemented, and there's so much in between those two points. Yeah. And, and the next best thing from a challenge standpoint is the belief that it's a straight line. Right. You go from where you are to where you want to go. Right. Now it's yeah. a mess. It's Absolutely. a mess. It's yeah. a it's a swirly, the line going up and down and left and right. And you're, you're sometimes cyclical and going back to where you started mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, that's where you need to lean in on. You lean in, you lean in on the learning that you get. You mm-hmm. have to, because you're not the organization or the person that you need to be to get right. where you are without going through those trials and those tribulations because that's where learning comes from. Yeah, and your, your goal will change. Your expectation will change because- yes, you're throwing a dart at the air because you, you can't project the future. You don't know the future. Show me the crystal ball who has one. Right. Um, right? So uh, there's, a, there's a direct correlation to where you are and where you're going based on the path that you're taking and the learning that you have while it's taking place. Oh, very well said. So I have a couple last two questions. All right. Yeah. So Christian, mm-hmm. you are sitting with seven to 10 year old Christian. And you want to give him a piece of advice about life. Mm -hmm. What are you going to tell him? Do not believe your thoughts. I love it. Do not believe them. Don't double down in in that being a reality. And to carry on to that, whatever thoughts that you have that you want to believe, express them out loud. Talk to someone else about them. Get into dialogue. Because what I've, what I've, found in my 55 year old self is as it comes out, it's like, well, that's not rational. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> How could that be true? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful advice. All right. Now you got to put a different hat on. Mm-hmm. Now, Christian, you're talking to young Christian, the entrepreneur. What kind of business advice are you going to give young Christian, the entrepreneur? 
Oh, that's wild. So uh, I'm, my head is sticking on, and my heart is sticking on the advice I got from a Gallup research coach. I, I, I love, I won't pass a, a personality assessment or any type of assessment. Okay. I won't pass it by without taking it. Okay. Um, and so I, lo I love those definitions. So uh, Gallup has a, a strengths finder and there's right. five, 39 total strengths. I think it is for 34. Yeah. Uh, and you, for free, you can get your five strengths. One of my strengths is learner. Mm. Um, and so there's the, and every strength, like every, every positive personality trait has its shadow. Mm -hmm. um, and the shadow uh, of learner is that you'll just absorb all of your time and getting washed over with new information. And you just love the place of being washed over with new information, not caring about ever applying it. And so the golf coach said to me, stop, stop. You can't take in any more information until you commit to have a system that you devise about what you're going to do to implement what you're learning. Beautiful. So stop learning and start acting. What beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful because that that also speaks to the the dichotomy between knowledge and wisdom, right? Yep. The knowledge you you learn in the classroom, the wisdom is when you apply that knowledge and see where it goes. And then life experiences give you that wisdom. That's great advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Christian, um, people are going to want to get to get to some more of Christian. So tell us, tell the audience how they, what's the best way they can reach you? There's two ways to find out uh, more about me. And one way that's the best to connect with me. The first would be my website at optimus-one.com, O-P-T-I-M-U-S-O-N-E.com, or LinkedIn, which is uh, Christian Greco MBA. That's the very end. After you go to the LinkedIn.com right. slash I-N slash mm -hmm. Christian Greco MBA. Uh, Beautiful. Beautiful. All that name out in your in your show notes, right? Yes, so absolutely, absolutely. Well, Christian, again, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a wonderful uh, conversation, and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, golden nuggets the audience were able to take and be able to apply immediately. So, thanks so much for coming on, my friend. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, and I think I appreciate the, the guidance in, in, in walking me through what our conversation was. Absolutely. Take care of yourself, Christian. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.